Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you guys uh, survived uh, last week in the cold, cold spell. I believe that was the coldest uh, 10, 12 days uh, of my life. I can't remember a colder spell. Hopefully you, uh, you know, your pipes were okay and your homes were okay and that uh, if they weren't, you, ha- you were able to get them fixed this past week. But it is a blessing and an honor to be here today, uh, to be able to come before you, to worship with you. Uh, why don't we just go ahead and, and bow and just say a word of prayer real quick. Almighty Yahweh, thank you for this day. Thank you for all your many blessings, Yahweh. Yahweh, thank you for the blessing uh, of life, Yahweh, of this opportunity to come before you. Yahweh, just ask that you would be with your people uh, across, across the globe, Yahweh, that you would heal the afflicted. Yahweh, that you would protect uh, those who are innocent that need your protection, Yahweh. Yahweh, that you would watch over them. Uh, Yahweh, I thank you for the everyday blessings that you give us. Uh, that we so oftentimes... Uh, forget about, that we take for granted. Yahweh, just thank you for the blessing of your son, Yahshua, and in his name we pray. Amen. Okay. You know, when I was, uh, I've been super blessed. I had two of the, uh, I don't know why it's echoing like that. Why is it doing that? Okay, so uh, I've, I've been super blessed. I've had two of the best grandfathers anyone could possibly have. Uh, and I wanted to tell you a quick little story about one of them. Uh, and that's my grandpa, grandpa boy, you know. When I was a kid, we used to uh, go up to his house and ride our bikes up there and ride around the, the outside. And it was, it was big fun, you know. Well, one day we were, we were riding around and we, we kind of had like a little racetrack, if you will, where you drove down the sidewalk and went around the sidewalk and then came into his one side of his shop and then we went out the big bay door side of his shop, right? So, kind of like a racetrack, and we're driving around, uh, and I'm winning, because I'm one of the older ones. Lad's losing. <laughs> but I'm driving and driving around, you know, and, and uh, my grandpa boy was in his shop at this time, and he was in there welding. And so he came over to me and said, Josh, you can't, you can't ride around in here when I'm welding because I don't want you uh, to look over here and see the ark and, and, you know, hurt your eyes, right? And so uh, I said, okay. I shook my head like I knew what I was, like, yes, I'm in agreement with this plan. But, you know, when you're a kid, time is, well, it takes forever sometimes for for, you know, you're just just impatient and time seems to drag and drag and drag. So before long, I decided that I should just keep driving my bike. 
So I decided I was going to drive, and I made my little racetrack and went through the shop a few more times. And directly, my grandpa comes over to me and says, Josh, did we have a, didn't we talk about this? Did we talk about this? <laughs> did we? You know, you start to forget. But, you know, sometimes in life, you know, there's rules, right? To life. There's rules. And when you break the rules, there's consequences to those, to those things. And, uh, you know, sometimes you learn things. That day, I learned that some people have their name on the back of their belt. That's what I figured out that day. <laughs> okay? I think I may be the only one that's ever been whipped by his grandfather or boy. But there are rules and rules are good. Rules keep you confined uh, to a safe place. You know, when you're driving down the road, you know, if you get out of your lane, you can be in serious danger. And so Yahweh gives us rules. He gives us commandments that we're to adhere to. But you know, I see a problem today. Uh, I see something that, that's been bothering me for a while, an issue that I've been thinking about. You know, I, I hear a lot of people talk about grace. They talk about grace. Um, and I believe in Yahshua's grace, but at the same time, there's, there's almost this uh, belief, just you say the word believe, I believe, I believe, and you're saved, you know. And it can be, it can be confusing, I think, for people. Um, and I think it comes with some serious uh, disadvantages. You know, sometimes people, you make people nervous when you talk about the law because they can, they think it's too legalistic, right? You're being very legalistic. And, and you can almost, uh, people get nervous because if you're too legalistic, if you talk about the law too much, it can, it can be, it can be, um, what's the word here? You're, it's almost like you're a newbie. You're a bot on your faith level, right? You're, you're somehow, um, you don't have any faith. It's always like if you just believe or say you believe, then you can, that's the trump card for for being holier than someone else. So I don't want to, to, be, uh, to be misunderstood, right? When we, when we attain our salvation, how do we attain it? Through deeds? No, we attain it through Yahshua. But do our deeds, what we actually do, 
Does it matter? Let's, let's go to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear Yahweh and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For Yahweh will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. We're told that this is Yahweh's, you know, we're to keep Yahweh's commandments. This is our duty. This is the duty uh, of our lives. That he's going to bring what we do into judgment, right? Including every hidden thing, which is kind of scary for me, you know? Everything that we've ever done is going to be laid before Yahweh. But why am I saying this? Like I said, it's because you hear so often in modern Christianity about grace and grace and grace. Almost as this, that's all you need. That's it. There's nothing required of you, nothing asked of you. So I ask the question again, does, does what we do actually matter? Do our actions, our doing, our deeds, does it matter? I believe it does. I believe it matters to Yahweh, to Yahshua, to your neighbor, to your wife, to your kids. I think it's something that we should think about and we should ponder. You know, Yahshua was the most courageous person in the Bible. Yahshua stood up for the innocent. He healed the blind and the lame. But sometimes in our modern culture, what I'm seeing anyway, is that there's, there's almost a, a kind of buddy Yahshua. A, that he's, he's, it's almost like he's kind of a, this hippie that's hanging out with all these sinners, right? And it's almost as if, and it's almost portrayed so that, that you can justify, so that people can justify what they're doing in, in the way they're, they portray Yahshua hanging out with these, these sinners, right? But why was Yahshua there doing that? It wasn't to condone the prostitutes' actions, right? Yahshua was a sheep. Or he wasn't a sheep. He was a, he was a shepherd. He is the lion of Judah. He's the teacher, right? He's the doctor who came to treat the sins. He comes to treat their sins and my sins and our sins. He wasn't there to condone the sin. 
of the prostitute, of the tax collector. He came to purge them of their sins. You know, Philippians 2.12 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Hebrews 12.28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship Yahweh acceptably with reverence and awe. You know, how we worship matters. You know, there's, it says in reverence and awe with fear and trembling. You know, we have to take our our worship of Yahweh seriously. We have to move past the the, the point of uh, inaction to action. You know, every week we do a live stream, and that's good for those who are sick or who can't make it. Uh, but I think it's better when we come together, when we actually make the effort and come to church. I think it's better when we, when we you know, take it seriously enough to actually dress up for the occasion, you know. And sometimes you hear the idea of just come as you are. And that's true. You can come as you are and Yahshua will receive you. But he, I don't believe, wants you to stay there. I believe he wants you to move on, to keep going. You know, if you, if you go to a, a restaurant, a nice restaurant, right, they're going to ask you to dress up, right? You have to wear a jacket or take your hat off, you know. You know, to have a, a reverence and a fear and awe for Yahweh, there are certain things that have to be reflected inside of our attitude. And I think the way we dress reflects sometimes our attitude. You know, if you dress like a slob, you know, maybe, maybe you don't care as much. Um, you know, if I roll out of bed... Don't comb my hair, don't brush my teeth, you know. People could get the impression, I really don't, really not putting a lot of effort into this deal, you know. And they'd be right, I think. You know, if you go to the beach and you wear swim trunks, you know, you don't, once you go to the office, you usually change, right? I'm just, I'm just saying, I know this is kind of an old school idea, but uh, when we come before Yahweh, I, th- I think it's, we have to be, understand that there's even action in coming, in coming before Him, in worshiping Him. There's an effort that's made. Jeremiah 32, 18. You show love to a thousands, to thousands, but bring punishment for the parents' sins into the laps of the children after them. Great and mighty Yahweh, whose name is Yahweh Almighty, great are your purposes, 
and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to the ways of all mankind. You reward each person according to their conduct and as their deeds deserve. You know, it says Yahweh rewards us based on our conduct and on our deeds. That's, that's, I don't think in one way there's anything that I'm saying that's very revelatory, right? That is really all that interesting in terms of, yeah, we know things matter. But at the same time, when I look around at culture, I also see uh, that there's, there's been a shift, I think, from my childhood. When, when I was growing up, everybody knew that, I think, that what we do matters. But I feel like that I'm seeing more and more this shift away from any kind of actual anchor to a morality to a transgression of the law as sin, to something that is kind of nebulous. It's hard to figure it out. What, what is the sin? What is, is it transgression of the law? What, what is it, you know? And it's just a, a drifting further to this place that doesn't have anything to do it, just more of a focus on grace, grace, I believe, I believe. And as long as you say that, and as long as you confess that, then there's not any action actually required of you. You're not, you don't have to do anything. But we see here that Yahweh rewards us based on what we do. I don't know about you, but for me, you know, how you, how you are treated, how you treat someone else matters, right? You know, we can always, uh, we can always um, test it, you know, today at lunch, go in there and just as your wife's about to sit down, just yank the chair out from under and see if she gets mad at you for what you do. She will. First Timothy 5.10 says, No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of Yahweh's people, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. Timothy was talking to a church or talking to a congregation, uh, you know, an organization, right? And he's saying, hey, this is, these are good deeds. He's given examples of good deeds. And here's, you know, who needs to be taken care of. Based on their good deeds. You know, we are free. We have free will. We have the ability to obey or to disobey. You know, we are just set in motion. We can do, we choose. We choose what we want to do, how we want to do it. 
We choose if we desire to show up. We choose if we desire to worship. We choose if we um, how we approach Yahweh with reverence and awe. We get to choose that. If we're going to freely give Him our praise or if we're going to be grudgingly giving Him our praise or if we're going to do it for a time and then rebel against that. But is all that, requ- that is required of us belief with no thought of what belief requires? I wanted to read to you something that, uh, something that I got out of Matt Walsh's book, uh, The Church of Cowards. If you haven't read it, I suggest, I suggest that it's a great book. James 2.19 You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. The modern Christian believes that believing he is a Christian is enough to make him a Christian. He believes that his vague acknowledgement of Yahweh's reality and Yahshua as Savior comes close enough to discipleship. It is true that belief and faith in the Bible are used rather interchangeably. Believe in Yahshua, and you will be saved, Paul and Silas proclaimed to the jailer in Acts 31. Believe, and you can move mountains, Yahshua told the apostles. I think we can understand these are nearly identical exhortations. In Greek, belief and faith are variations of the word pistul, which significantly is a verb, action. It is to put your full trust and confidence in something. In contemporary English, this is how most of us understand faith. To have faith in Yahweh is not only to acknowledge his reality, but to give yourself totally to him. Faith is a complete investment and surrender of the self to Yahweh. Language does not treat believe the same way. If someone says he believes something, it means only that he accepts that it is probably true. Even if, even if he says he believes in a thing, it could still be an acknowledgement of his likely existence. You might say you believe in aliens. You would never say you have faith in aliens. Your belief in aliens is not a faith. Unless you happen to be Tom Cruise. It's just a theory, right? It's just a theory that aliens are living somewhere in the cosmos scurrying about in hovercraft, doing whatever else aliens are supposed to do. When most Christians say they believe in Yahweh, they mean it in essentially the same way, minus the hovercraft. They mean they have given Yahweh their acknowledgement. They have made a spiritual gesture, gesture towards him as a sort of courtesy. They treat him as you might treat a friendly acquaintance at a party, nodding to him from across the room, and then hoping desperately that he doesn't actually come over and interact with you. This is the problem with defining Christianity as belief. The people in Paul's time knew what he meant when he told them to believe in Yahshua Messiah. 
The people in our time do not have this understanding. They have been deceived and allow themselves to be deceived by what Dietrich Bonhoeffer calls cheap grace. Cheap grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Yahshua. I might add that cheap grace is grace that treats Yahshua like a space alien, somewhere beyond the clouds, speculative, mysterious, and irrelevant. Revelations chapter 3 says, To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of Yahweh and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I found your deeds unfinished in the sight of Yahweh. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. You have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I want, I want that to never have my name blotted out before Yahweh. That Yahshua would acknowledge me before the Father Yahweh. I think, you know, that's what I want. And I think we all want that. But, you know, I think sometimes the admonition to wake up is, is needed, you know. To take stock of where we're at in life, what we're doing, the fruit that we're actually bearing. Maybe we have some unfinished things that we need to get settled. You know, one of the things that you see so many times, I guess, in the, I think in the modern Christianity, right, is when you, when you see steps being kind of skipped. So, Sometimes you hear believe, believe, but it, it seems like there's a, there's a step being skipped in the step of repentance. Of actual shame for what we've done, for the sin that we've committed, and having that shame, and then repentance. There's, as Wendell talked about, that intimate moment. Um, so... You know, in the story of the prodigal son, what happened, right? So the son asked his father, hey, I really want to have my whole inheritance right now. I want to have it all right now. And his father gives it to him. What does he do but run off? And he, he goes off and he's living the high life, right? We say the high life, but what we really mean is the sinful life. He's gone and he's... Living in sin. 
And he gets to the same place a lot of us get to when we live in sin. We get to that place where we're unclean and we're sitting there wishing that we could eat what the pigs are eating. And sometimes, like him, we stay there for a while. We stay in that place for a while. It says, I think, till he came to his senses. It can take us a while to come to our senses. It's taken me a while to come to my senses at times. You know, when you, when you think about When he finally does come to his senses, he gets up and he starts walking where back to home. And you, he, I think it says it, that he, uh, he, uh, he starts thinking about what he's going to tell his dad, you know. He said he's going to ask for forgiveness. Really should have wrote this one down. But he's, he's going to ask for forgiveness and he's going to ask for, uh, just confess what he's done. Hey, I'm not worthy of anything. I'm not looking for inheritance. I'm just tired of eating with these pigs over here. That they're eating better than me. Just make me a servant in your house. You know, that's what he's, he's kind of reciting the whole thing as he's walking down the road, right? And every step that he's taking going down the road, I feel like it's a long ways, right? In the way I read it, the story, it's not like here to Cisco. It's like here to Abilene. It's, it's like a couple days journey. You got to walk there, right? It's a, it's a ways. And all the time while he's walking, I think he probably turned around two or three times and said, man, I, I can't do it. I can't do it because why would he take me back? Why would he take me back? But he don't, and he keeps walking. And what happens when he actually gets there? His father has already seen him from the house, and he's headed out there. He's going to him. He's not standing back there waiting for him to get there so that he can say, see, I told you. I told you you'd be back. He actually goes out and he meets him. But there's a point in there where you have to decide what, what you're going to do and then actually go do it. You have to have some action involved. There's some actual shame that goes on and then there's some repentance. When he gets there, what does he tell his dad? But I'm sorry. And I think that, that part of the story sometimes is not told as much as it should be. That there is an actual repentance that has to happen. First is belief, then faith, and faith has action involved in it. We have to cross over from belief to an action-filled faith. 
Matt Walsh in his book says it this way. The man who walks up to a bridge and looks at it says, yep, I believe that's a bridge. But he never gets on the bridge. He never trusts his life to the bridge. Can never cross over the bridge to the other side, to what we read about. The point Yahshua acknowledges us before Yahweh. He never takes the first step. He can never make it to the other side. I feel like we've just been told for way too long that all you have to do is believe. Do we need grace? Yeah, we need grace. But have we been asked to do other things? You know, it's no wonder that, that some Christians look just like secular humanists. When we ask them to believe and then ask them to do absolutely nothing after that, how are they, what? There are requirements. What are we doing? If deeds don't matter, what are we doing? At all? They don't matter at all? What we do matters. But I think sometimes, like I said, we are scared to be labeled as too legalistic, too small in faith. So we don't say very much about it. First Peter 5 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, we're... Okay. Psalms 106, I think 34 has some, I'll just flip over there real quick. They did not destroy the peoples as Yahweh had commanded them, but they mingled with the nations and adopted their customs. They worshiped their idols which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to false gods. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was desecrated by their blood. They defiled themselves by what they did. By their deeds, they prostituted themselves. When you read that, you can't, you, you can't help but think about uh, our world today. You know, abortion has cost us and our children greatly. I heard the number is 3,000 a day. It's 9-11 every day. 
Zach was telling me that. And, you know, that's, uh, that's hard to imagine and comprehend, really. But we've mingled with the nations and we've adopted customs, you know. And I just believe that we have to, we have to, there is an action and a doing involved and people have to understand that part of it. It's not just this belief with nothing required of us. I feel like for too long we, have, we just haven't said the action part of it. And, and it's cost us, it is costing us. They defiled themselves by what they did in their deeds. They prostituted themselves. We have to be mindful of our deeds, of what we're doing. I, I believe that. We have to be mindful of what sin actually is. You know, it's not something that's just this idea out there that it's an actual thing. You know, if you transgress the law, what is the law? Is it the Ten Commandments? Is it, is it more than the Ten Commandments? I believe it's more than the Ten Commandments. There's a lot of, of laws, but uh, the Ten Commandments is a great place to start. But when's the last time you heard a sermon about the Ten Commandments, you know? Uh, I just got a couple more verses and I'll, and I'll uh, leave you with this. First Peter 5, 8, oh, sorry, Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Joshua 1, 7 says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful who doesn't want to be successful, right? That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it. So we got to think about it. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For Yahweh, your Elohim, will be with you wherever you go. It's easy to get discouraged. Yahweh says, don't be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. Ephesians 2.10, and I'll leave you with this. And I hope that I didn't, uh, you know, delivery is, is key on a message like this. So I hope I didn't offend you when I said, we have, to be, we have to be faithful, but we also have to, to do, we have to act, we have to understand that. Ephesians 2.10, for we are Yahweh's handiwork, creating the Messiah Yahshua to do, to do good works, which Yahweh prepared in advance for us to do. I'll leave you with that thought. I appreciate your time today, and may Yahweh bless you.